This is Feather Forum, the podcast by Canadian Poultry Magazine, Canada's leading source for poultry news, research, and trends for more than 100 years. You've tuned in to hear important conversations with industry leaders, producers, researchers, and other experts. Hi, I'm Brett Ruffle, editor of Canadian Poultry Magazine. Welcome to our Year in Review podcast series. For these interviews, I speak with leaders from the four supply managed sectors to hear their views on the biggest stories from 2023. In this episode, I chat with Drew Black, CEO of Egg Farmers of Canada. We discuss the most important developments for egg producers in 2023 and a bit about their outlook for 2024. Let's talk to Drew. Great. So looking back on the last 12 months, uh, what was the biggest issue for the egg industry? Yeah, well, I think we've really had two main priorities that have taken up a lot of our focus and and really good stuff as well here too. So the first one being sustainability. So I think most folks are probably aware at this point that uh, Egg Farmers of Canada came out with a commitment to achieve net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050. Uh, and so that's been, uh, of course, a big preoccupation for us. We recognize that our farmers and our producers, um, you know, they're not starting from zero. A lot of great work really precedes that announcement over many years of, of farming in Canada. Um, but we've got a lot of build on there as well, too. So that uh, that commitment obviously is going to be a, a great big step for us as a, as a sector and is going to really guide a lot of our work moving forward as well. Um, the other piece I'd highlight as well, too, is um, you know, supply management, the support for that that we see from Canadians uh, and from parliamentarians and, and other senior decision makers as well is always top of mind for us, as I'm sure it is for our farmers. So we've had a real concerted push to try and, um, uh, you know, uh, increase and really almost uh, try and law some of that support that we often hear from our, our federal uh, partners. Yet sometimes when we have uh, new trade agreements being implemented, we find, okay, well, there's still a little bit more access that's granted here, a little bit more there. So we've worked uh, pretty hard along with our partners within uh, the SM5 uh, to help push and advocate for Bill C-282, which um, I'm sure some folks have heard about as well. So those would be the two big ones. And, and I think while I say it's been a big uh, focus for us in the last two years, also really queuing up for some additional concerted effort into the new year for certain. Yes, going back to sustainability. So what have been the biggest achievements for the egg industry in the last year? Yeah, so as I mentioned, the uh, the net zero commitments, one big piece. Um, as part of that, we also did a lot of consultations with, uh, you know, various stakeholders throughout the value chain supply chain, you know, before egg farmers and after egg farmers as well, um, to find out, you know, what is what does that commitment mean to them? Uh, what are some of the, you know, strengths, weaknesses and opportunities and challenges uh, that folks are seeing uh, for us to achieve that net zero by 2050. So quite a bit of work went into that. I'll say, you know, just in the last number of months here. And one piece that you know, you'll see from us coming out in the new year is reporting out on some of what that is. So as I mentioned already, you know, we're not starting from zero. A lot of our farmers have made great inroads. We've got some uh, amazing uh, producers out there that are really demonstrating that this can be achieved as well. And that's kind of what we're looking to develop as our next steps is that pathway uh, to demonstrate to our farmers steps are going to be taken 2050. It's both far away, but it's also not very far as well as, as people are making business decisions. So we want to take advantage of that 
opportunity and really uh, focus in on providing practical uh, solutions and recommendations on how net zero by 2050 is going to be achieved. I know last year, uh, the rollout of Nest was a big issue. So uh, how has that rollout gone this year? Yeah, so Nest, that's our national environmental sustainability and technology tool. So we're increasingly seeing some uptick in terms of how many farmers are using that. Uh, a big role has been played by our egg boards in uh, helping to incentivize and drive that improvement. Uh, and while it really only launched in 2022, some of the work that we were able to do in, in kind of learning from uh, how it was being used as a tool uh, and, you know, where some uh, suggestions for improvement could be made is we've actually already done an update to it. So it's nice that this is going to be a tool that's very much going to be continuously improved as, as things move forward. And the results that are going to farmers out of the Nest tool itself are also going to continue to increase as there's more data aggregated into the tool itself as more producers uh, sign up and begin using it they are going to get more useful and more uh, specific data uh, being put back to them by the tool as well in terms of the recommendations that come out of it so uh, part of the update that we added was adding a number of different environmental footprint calculations so it's it's bigger and beyond simply the greenhouse gas uh, emissions standpoint and we're going to continue to invest in that program, and I'm sure it's going to be continue to provide even further, um, uh, how do I say, uh, specific and useful and kind of tactile recommendations that our farmers are going to be able to put into practice. And in terms of sustainability also, so what are, what's on the agenda for next year? Yeah, so coming up in next year, I mean, I already uh, alluded to that a little bit. We're looking at trying to really roll out more of that roadmap and the pathway for how are we going to get to the commitment for 2050. So I mentioned we've done uh, quite a bit of work, um, you know, building the Nest tool. I think that's really useful for, for producers uh, directly for information that they'll be able to get specific to their own operation. Um, but we're going to be coming out with a more broader strategy as well for the sector, um, you know, looking at Canada broadly. And stay tuned for us early in, in 2024. There'll be some good information coming out from Egg Farmers of Canada on that. Uh, we'll be hitting the ground running to get that information out. And uh, like I mentioned with the NEST program, this will not remain static. It will be evergreen and we'll be continuing to build on that. There's a lot of innovative practices out there, as you know, and as uh, many of our farmers know, uh, and that we will continue to innovate new research and new technologies absolutely are going to be rolled out from here over the number of years and uh, and I guess decades as well as we look even further ahead past 2024. So we're going to ensure that uh, those are taken into consideration um, for the sector. And in terms of safeguarding the supply managed industries, so uh, what is Bill C-282 and uh, what stage is that at? Yeah, so... Supply management, of course, it's near and dear to our hearts. Uh, we've got an amazing system. We we know that from those that work within it. And but there's always that risk, and we need to safeguard it as much as possible. Uh, so what C two eighty two does is enshrines that protection that we are really seeking for within legislation. Uh, what it really specifically does, and it's quite a simple bill. Um, specifically looks at uh, ensuring that Canada's negotiators for new trade agreements cannot put additional access to supply managed goods on the table. 
it's a commitment that we get from all the main political parties, uh, and we're quite proud of that. However, uh, practice sometimes has been a little bit different. So this is a great way to really enshrine those commitments that we have, and uh, which we seem to sincerely have as well, too, into a piece of legislation. So it's a private member's bill. Private members' bills can be introduced by, you know, more or less anyone uh, in, in Parliament, and they don't have a great track record of getting too far. However, this one, we've seen uh, cross-party support. So back in June of 2023, uh, this passed the House of Commons. You know, not many private members' bills even make it out of the House of Commons before they go over to the Senate. So currently, uh, it was introduced to the Senate. Uh, they've had some discussions so far this past fall. Uh, at this point, they're basically about to wrap up parliamentary business for this year uh, until they come back to Ottawa in early 2024. So we're about uh, early on, I would say, at the Senate. It still needs to go to a Senate committee for some further discussions, at which point it would then be reintroduced. And if passed at that point, can receive royal assent and become law. So we're, we're quite uh, pleased that our advocacy, and not just Egg Farmers of Canada alone, but working with the rest of uh, our supply managed partners nationally here, have been able to get it this far. So if it becomes law, like how big of a difference do you see this making? Well, we like to think the law applies to everyone, <laughs> of course. Mm. But, uh, you know, having, it's this these commitments that we have, and we have from all the federal parties, as I mentioned previously, but actually getting into law, I think that sends a stronger message to trade negotiators. And we don't think this really causes any issues for other folks as well, too. Uh, you know, having 282 pass just really exemplifies that for us, this is one of the sensitive sectors we have in the Canadian economy. When countries come together to negotiate trade deals, everyone's coming with, you know, their own ideas of what's sensitive, what you're allowed to put on the table, what you're not allowed to put on the table. Right now, we've got strong assurances from the federal parties that uh, supply management is not on the table at all. And so all we're really asking for is, okay, well, we've got a, a simple approach. Let's put that in the piece of, let's put that proposed legislation in practice as well. Uh, and that helps to fulfill the commitment. And I think that brings and can bring a lot of peace of mind to those that work in our sector and our producers knowing uh, and looking forward as they're willing to make investments on their farm. I think there's a strong tie in to the sustainability for the future. So when I say sustainability, it's not just the greenhouse gas commitment that I mentioned previously, but it's making investments to be on the top of our game, to be improving uh, animal care, food safety, uh, you know, engagement in the community, uh, productivity, efficiency, and ensuring a true long-term success of a great system system that we have here. Uh, but to, in order to make those business decisions to invest, um, you know, we need that predictability that uh, supply management, thankfully, is always able to be there to provide. And this is just an additional layer um, that would be, I think, even more forceful to help support those decisions. Yeah, like if another country was pressuring us to, uh, to overturn this legislation, they'd have to go through many steps to to do that, right? So it's a big roadblock. Well, that's that's kind of our hope, right? And I think it really helps to send the signal that, okay, Canada is serious. We're not putting additional market access to supply managed goods on the table. Um, you know, negotiators, they can always ask for anything. Uh, international negotiations um, are, are very complex. Agriculture being just a small portion of that. 
market access being even a smaller portion of that. And then when there is discussions related to supply management, like we're really but a sliver within an overall large trade negotiation that covers everything from agreement on services or dispute resolution. There's there's quite a, a dense uh, amount of information and discussions that get packed and boiled down into one agreement. And what is the uh, what are the latest figures in terms of public support for supply management? Well, we think they're they're quite strong. In fact, I just uh, saw something uh, recently coming out from uh, Canadian Poultry, and uh, you know we did have a poll uh, by Abacus Polling come out very recently. It's showing what I think we all know, but it's good to get these regular check ins to confirm the strong support we have. So you know, a couple of those questions were put out there. Nine in ten Canadians say it's important to them that the dairy eggs and chicken and turkey they buy come from Canada. So how do we assure that? That's through supply management that we're providing local high quality foods, right? Um, <clears throat> Canadians have also indicated that they've got strong confidence of the that uh, in the eggs that are produced here in this country, over ninety percent. And part of that is that supply management through our uh, mandatory on-farm programs on food safety uh, and animal care and, you know, strong stance on biosecurity right now as well, too. That's what provides that confidence in consumers and the general public that what they're producing from a Canadian farmer is being held to a very high standard. Uh Lastly, you know, I'll indicate as well, almost every person that I surveyed in that, like a staggering 97% felt that it was important that Canada have strong domestic food supply chains. And I think that comes from, you know, some of the experiences we've had with supply chain disruptions and challenges more broadly uh, as a result of uh, the pandemic itself, and then trying to catch up after the pandemic itself too. Yet, how are we going to provide that in, you know, the uh, agriculture sector and eggs specifically? It's it's supply management that really delivers on that supply chain and ensures that, uh, you know, the product is available when the when the consumer is looking for it, the price the consumer is looking for it, uh, you know, with the specifics uh, attributes that they're looking for. And, uh, you know, uh, that's really that predictability that we know from working within the system at the, the producer level. Um, carries throughout the the chain right down to the the consumer as well, and and we're quite proud of that. Is there anything else you'd like to add about the last last year? Um, you know, the last year, uh, for sure, I think we're coming out of a period as as you know, um, still some of the supply chain disruptions earlier on, uh, a bit of a retrospective on everything that we've all collectively been to as a society, uh, but personally as well from a pandemic standpoint. And uh, it'd be probably remiss if I don't indicate that, unfortunately, we would find ourselves in the midst of a pretty significant high path, even influenza outbreak again, too. So that remains fairly top of mind. However, uh, we're quite confident, as in the past, we'll get through this one as well, too. So just want to uh, indicate, you know, we're thinking of all those out there that are currently grappling with a pretty unfortunate situation once again. And uh, we'll get through this one like we did last time. And uh, unfortunately, we may have some um, seasonal avian influenza that we will have to live with for, for some time. Uh, and we will be doing everything we can to ensure that our producers feel supported as well as uh, have a strong uh, policy response from, from industry and how we can help advocate with government to ensure that things can be done uh, as smoothly, efficiently, and respectfully as possible. All right, great. Well, thanks a lot for your time. Okay, well, thank you very much. 
Thanks for tuning in to Feather Forum, the podcast by Canadian Poultry Magazine. To catch up on all of our other episodes, visit canadianpoultrymag.com slash podcasts.